Welcome to Venture Step Podcast, where we're still figuring out what we do with the show. But this week, I wanted to talk about some releases from Google with their Gemini product, 1.5 and Gemini Advanced, and then OpenAI with their Sora product. And then I also had a research paper that I read about the different approaches between startups and incumbent companies in the insurance industry and their different approaches towards using AI to optimize their process and customer acquisition. So picture this. You have a simple ask that you need, say, a logo or just a piece of art that you would do in Adobe Illustrator that maybe you don't have the time to do and you outsource to Fiverr or one of those type of websites for 20 bucks, $15 or something like that. And it might take you a couple of days to vet the people that you want to use, or you could just throw some dollars at a couple of different <clears throat> creators and then figure out which one you like and move forward with that. But now, and in the distance future, these things would be handled by AI. You would be able to just type in some text that you want for an idea and you might not like the original that is sent back to you, but that's fine because you can iterate on it. This is huge because it cuts out the middleman. Like you, you no longer have to worry about having to go back and forth and waiting for these different time differences or potentially getting something you don't want. You can just do that for like 20 bucks a month now. And you could do a lot more than just those things. But I think that is a big deal, especially now that is becoming more of a dynamic video offering with OpenAI Sora. But first, let's talk about Google Gemini. So Google originally launched with Bard, and then they recently switched over and kind of rebranded their AI offering with this new Gemini. Gemini. So they have Gemini 1.5, which was recently announced like three days ago. And what what's really important about Gemini 1.5 Pro is that it can handle, they say they can handle 1.5 million tokens. And so let me explain what a token is. So when you're doing NLP and working with unstructured data, and NLP is natural language processing, by the way. I'm not going to get too technical. I'm just going to briefly explain what a token is. It's, if you think about it as like a book would be the full puzzle. And to take all the pieces and put them back into a full picture of the puzzle, you would need to break up the sentences or the paragraphs or the pages of the book into smaller bite sizes, which would be a token. So basically, you have a sentence like, I took my dog, Jerry, to the park. When you tokenize that, it makes each of those words individual in the sentence, but you can tokenize by sentences, you can tokenize by words, you can tokenize by phrases. So that's why I said I was just going to do a brief explanation because it gets fairly technical pretty quick and there's different use cases for different types of tokenization but 
long story short, you're breaking up complex things into smaller things. So it's easier for the model to understand. <clears throat> Very simple explanation. <clears throat> so why is that a big deal? Because the average book is around, depending on how you tokenize it, but 300,000 tokens. And Gemini's 1.5 Pro is 1.5 million tokens, which is huge. And from early access, the AI researchers are estimating from their tests 99.7% accuracy on a million tokens, which is pretty crazy if you ask me. I think it's insane from the stuff that they have demoed. Um, I am going to go over some examples that Roland Chung, the founder of the fastest growing AI newsletter. Let me see. What is it called? Rundown AI. Yeah. So Roland Chung was given early access with Gemini Pro. And he has a couple examples that I'm just going to read off of my notes and just give a brief explanation. So he said that he uploaded an NBA dunk contest and he requested Gemini to look through the video, which is like, I think it was like an hour long. Look through the video and basically say like who got the highest score on their dunk, which is pretty crazy because it it takes a it takes the the model needs to have long concept understanding and then it also needs to understand the video and understand like the score that it was given by the dunk and then also identify who that person was when it was in the video and explain why it was the highest scoring dunk. There's a lot going on there that makes it a difficult problem. Um, another one was they, he had an example where he translated English into a language called Satellanic. And I had to look it up, but it is... Um, a place in Germany, I guess. It, people speak this language, and it's, it's less than 2,000 people speak the language. And Gemini 1.5 was able to do a full linguistic translation, which is pretty cool. And then they also had one where he uploaded an OpenAI Sora video to Gemini and... Jim and I was able to, well, not able to, but basically highlighted things that were concerning about the video on whether or not it was AI generated or not. So it was able to identify issues, potential issues with the video that might give away that it was AI generated. So with Jim and I 1.5 Pro, you can upload one hour videos. 11 hours worth of audio, over 30,000 lines of code, and then over 700,000 words, which is crazy because ChatGPT Turbo allows 128,000 tokens, and then Gemini Pro 1.0 was 32,000. So there's a huge jump, crazy jump in the amount of tokens. It's a big announcement. It's probably the biggest announcement for these large language models 
this year with the token increase. I guess the year has started, but <laughs> you know what I mean? It, in the recent six months, I guess. So with Gemini 1.5 Pro, they also announced Gemini Advanced Studio, which is like a similar offering to OpenAI's where you can pay, I think it's 19, you know, it's basically 20 bucks. It's like 19.99 a month. And it comes with one terabyte of Google Cloud storage and then Gemini Advanced. In a, in a Gemini Advanced, you're able to upload photos and you're supposed to be able to upload files, I'm pretty sure. But from my experience, I'm not able to upload files. Maybe I have to clear my cache or something like that. But I wasn't able to upload any files, which you're supposed to be able to. <clears throat> but you can upload images and it can understand like the images. And it also has a multimodal expert where it can create text to image. So if you gave Gemini Advanced a text prompt, it would be able to generate an illustration or a photo, depending on what you did. For example, the new Venture Step podcast cover art was generated by Gemini Advanced Studio, which is pretty cool. It allowed me to upgrade my podcast cover art and a low effort manner. I still had to go through many iterations to get the right color hue and the right design because it it seems to go either really w far off of what your prompt is or way too close to exactly what it is. And if you tr you just try to get that that sweet spot, it was it was kind of difficult. And then once you get there, you ha you get stuck into this like one more, just one more. Let's 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 see if we can get one more. This is so close, and then you wind up messing around with it for like thirty minutes. Um, but I think I think it's pretty good quality for just a text to a text prompt generation of of the image. And then for some reason these kind of models have issues when you're trying to generate an image via text prompt with spelling. Like if you said, I want to make a sign that says, beware of the aliens. For some reason, the these models have issues generating the text onto the images. And a lot of times it would generate what you're asking for, but it'd be misspelled or the numbers are not the numbers. Sorry. The texts are like jambled into each other or it's missing, or maybe half the word is there or half the phrase of what you're looking for. So I found it easier to generate what you want and ask it to put a place where you would able to transpose, not really transpose, but you're able to input the text via Photoshop or Canva or something like that and just tell it like, hey, I want to put my text on the this area. Can you write a can you can you write in a text blocks kind of shape to the design 
so I can put in my logo name or whatever you want. So we're going to move over to OpenAI Sora. <clears throat> OpenAI Sora is, and also the Gemini 1.5 are both in kind of not even beta, I think, but just limited release to AI researchers or people who have uh, a creator platform that have a, a tech falling, I guess. So there isn't much information on, on a personal end from myself, but from people on the internet that are AI researchers that are trusted, that's where I'm getting this information from. And for OpenAI, they have um, these videos that I'll try to share my screen. Let's see how this works. Let's see. Share. Let's do this. Share. All right. So I'm sharing my screen. You should be able to see this. This is my first time. So sorry for those who aren't listening. How this looks. Okay. So if you aren't viewing the video, I'll explain what's going on. So this is a text prompt about a close-up of a gray-haired man with a beard in his 60s. He's in deep thought, pondering the history of the universe as he sits at a cafe in Paris. His eyes focus on the people off screen as they walk as he sits mostly motionless and dressed in a wool cotton suit coat and it's a crazy realistic image i mean it's really difficult to tell that this is ai generated it's got he's got reflections the light that hits his his reading glasses it reflects it, the window to his left on his glasses I mean, it's just really difficult. I think the only thing that kind of looks a little weird is his ear. But other than that, I wouldn't be able to tell. I mean, if you sent this to me, like, hey, this is my grandpa or something. He's so cool. I would have no idea this is AI generated. The next one is this. The prompt says, an adorable, happy otter confidently stands on a surfboard wearing a yellow life jacket, riding along. Turquoise tropical waters near lush tropical islands, 3D generated art style, um, 16 by 9 style, raw. And it's this otter on this surfboard as described, and he's like super happy, waving his hands, smiling. And it looks like something that you would see in a Disney movie, like Surf's Up, maybe, like a Surf's Up thing, but not in, you know. The Arctic, it's, a, it's in a tropical island. This one's really cool. I like this one a lot. So it's a historical footage of the California, of California during the gold rush. 16 by 9 style raw. And it, to me, it took these photos, it uploaded photos of what the California gold rush looked like from historical images and then took those photos and then created a colored video of you know where people stayed and how they traveled along you see people traveling along this riverbank with horses and people walking around this one is probably my favorite this is a movie trailer featuring the adventures of a 30 old 
spaceman wearing a red wool knitted motorcycle helmet, blue sky, salt desert, ceramic, oh, oh my gosh, ceramic, <laughs> cinematic style shot on 35mm film, vivid colors, 16 by 9 style raw. And this is, this is like a, it looks to me like a high quality movie trailer. I would see something like this and I'm really into sci-fi stuff. So I, I would find this really interesting. And it's just the way that it looks. It's different. It's unique. The guy, when he's stepping into this salt desert, you can see his footsteps. You can see the details of the, of the red hat, the red wool hat. And he's got this other guy. I don't know if they look like different people, but there's a, there's another guy with a red wool hat on. Um, one's got this silver shiny visor and the other one doesn't so maybe that one's a higher rank i'm not sure but overall it's it's just crazy the i i would have absolutely no idea that this is ai generated blowing my mind this is another one that would be a lot of work to do yourself with the 3d animation the prompt is says 3D animation of a small, round, fluffy creature with a big, expressive eyes exploring a vibrant, enchanted forest. The creature, the whimsical blend of rabbit and squirrel, has soft blue fur and a bushy, striped tail. It hops along a sparkling spring, its eyes wide with wonder. And it it looks like that. I mean, it looks like something you'd see in a kind of again a disney a disney or a kids a kids animation show um for sure i don't i, I think it's, it would be a lot of work to do this yourself but i think that the red wool trailer movie trailer is i i just think it's on another level this one's pretty cool because you i i can't tell i thought this was like kind of a meme thing uh where you know, they discover this plastic chair and they've got the archaeologist digging up this generic plastic chair and excavating it with great care. And it's just, it's just funny. Like they're, they're being very gentle, trying to get it out. And they've got people around making sure that nothing's going on. <laughs> it's just, it's just funny. This one was cool. My, I showed this, I showed this stuff to my Nana and it was from my grandma and she was like, wow, look at those birds. You know, they're all, they're all different colors. It's cool that it generated that. And I was like, no, Nana, those are, those are paper planes. And so the prompt says, a flock of paper airplanes flutters through a dense jungle, weaving around trees as if they were migrating birds. 16 by 9 style raw. And it looks like, birds that are shaped like paper planes um, i mean it's really cool because they're all different colors and they kind of look like butterflies slash birds slash paper airplanes but they're definitely resemble paper planes more than anything else but they're they're just cool this one's a little creepy you could you could tell it i think you can tell this is AI generated with the hands if you look at the bottom right Seems like she gets different hands every time on the video. But this one, this one was kind of odd because it's like a grandmother. It says a grandmother with neatly combed gray hair stands behind a colorful birthday cake with numerous candles at 
a wood dining room table. Expression is one of pure joy and happiness. With a glow in her eye, she leans forward and blows out the candles with a gentle puff. She doesn't blow down the candles, and she makes these like crazy facial expressions. And there's these people in the background like cheering her on, like that, like they're at a rave. And it's just, it's just, it's just an odd video. There is the next one was this camera video of maybe like a stack of. Oh, let's see, one, two, three, four, five. That's five, and these other ones are. This is five, five again. No, four, five, six. So it's like a stack of like six to four high antique TVs, depending on the size of the TVs, and they're all playing this different kind of old school shows in black and white. Some are in color, and they're all random, and the TVs are changing. This would be expensive to set up in real life. And you could just do this on the fly with a text prompt. It's was, it was wild. This one's crazy as well. The beautiful snowy Tokyo City in bus, is bustling. The camera moves through bustling city street following several people enjoying the beautiful snowy weather and shopping at nearby stalls. So just kind of the perspective is kind of weaves through. Like this would be for a drone video and people might pay a thousand dollars or you know 500 minimum to have a drone video of themselves or their couple walking through tokyo on their vacation i don't think it's at the point where you would be able to put your face in the videos but just the potential is is the potential's there for sure this could be a marketing ad where you know, at the end of the video, it cuts to this this couple after they get their product or you get that ring that she always wanted and then you guys walk off all happy through Tokyo. I'm just spitballing ideas here. The next one is a white vintage SUV kind of cutting through the mountainside of this dirt road and you can see the reflections and the, the rate tracing or ray tracing of the... It looks like a video game, like it looks like a Forza, a Forza video game with really good graphics. But you could see how the different shadows hit the car. You can see the reflections and then the different, I mean, it goes up through different kind of types of soil a little bit. And you could see when the car's tires kick up the dust, the dust color slightly changes depending on the light and what kind of soil it runs over. Very subtle changes. This one's kind of cool. It's it's a it's a cloud that it's like a man. I don't know. It's not really a man because it's a cloud, but um, it's like a this is a cloud in the shape of a man looms over Earth. The cloud man shoots lightning bolts down to the Earth. This one was very unique. Photoristic close up of two ships battling each other as they sail inside of a coffee cup. And it's like waves rocking the coffee cup, and there, there's no cannon shooting, unfortunately, and smoke, but it's definitely really cool with all the water waves. Not water waves, the coffee waves. <laughs> um, aerial view of the of a place in Greece, and this would be something that you would pay definitely a drone shot for, for 
X dollars, and this is something you could just generate on your own with a text prompt. This is a crazy realistic video with the golden retriever puppies playing in the snow, and their heads are weaving around the snow, and snow's getting flicked up, and that snow's hitting other puppies in the head, and they're biting at it, and it's a... I mean, it looks realistic to me. That's what a puppy would probably do. And that was it. Okay, so I'm going to stop sharing. All right. So those were some examples from OpenAI's new Sora product. And once again, it's still in a limited release. But then I would also like to demonstrate where we were 10 months ago. Because... 10 months ago, there was this video, if it will come up, there was this video from, I don't know where it's from, but it's definitely an odd video. And it's basically Will Smith eating spaghetti with these crazy audios on the back. Screen, tab. All right, I'm sharing. Okay, so let's play this video. I'm not going to play the sound because it's horrendous and creepy, but it's Will Smith's face distorted, just gobbling down obscene amounts of spaghetti. And there's like duplicate Will Smiths, and they're gobbling down spaghetti. Like one Will Smith's holding another spaghetti, like a ball of spaghetti in his hands, and he's eating it, and the other Will Smith comes in there and eats and eats the spaghetti. It's super weird. That was 10 months ago. So in 10 months, we went from skewed, creepy Will Smith eating spaghetti to these well-polished text-to-video product, Sora. I, I don't know. The, the progress is very, very, I wouldn't say concerning, but it's definitely something to be aware of for sure, because I think that it will have effects on people who live in the marketing space, either like a fiber or this is the marketing department in general. Like you don't need someone to go in and create X thing, or you don't need, you don't need like three people to write up these drafts. You could just, ask AI to write up three different drafts of these different styles, get back to you, present the different drafts, then it gets approved and move forward from there. So I think that the level of resources that are required to do the same thing or less, I don't think people will be completely replaced because that's going to be difficult and we're not there yet. And I don't think that many companies would just be okay with just completely removing the human aspect of important parts of their businesses, but I do think that if warranted, they would limit the amount of capital output to salaries. It's much cheaper to have a enterprise subscription to an AI studio than it is to pay 20 people. So that was OpenAI Sora. And 
we have one more thing. We have this AI AI paper called what's the name? Where where did my paper name go? All right, I'll, I'll get back to you on the paper name, but it's uh, you know I'll have everything cited in the show notes and in the description, and I'll definitely cite the the authors of the paper. But I wanted to go over real quickly just the different sections that I talked about, and I think that they did a good job of condensing the information into like a management perspective on just the different approaches of incumbents slash startups. So it's, this is from my notes from the what I wrote down from the paper. So in the AI revolution, AI revolution in insurance, uh, dual perspective section, I emphasized in my notes that incumbents are working on existing workflows and enhancing customer service. For new entrants, they're focused on shifts to using AI to redefine the customer experience and offering personalized products, leveraging data in innovative ways to assess risk and price policies. I think this makes sense because for older insurance companies like a State Farm or Progressive isn't that old and they're on the forefront of the forefront of the data for like an, an incumbent. But you know, a, a state a state farm for sure, they have a very old policy administrative system that they're working on that, you know, they're they're gonna move, try to move or migrate to a new system or build build one in house and they have to deal with all these old data constraints for their historical data because it might not necessarily be in the same format as there are new systems. So at one of my previous companies in like 15 years or something like that, and through multiple acquisitions, we were on five different policy systems and they all had different formats and different constraints, different data columns, nothing was normalized. And it was very difficult to extract data from every single one of them and then map the data into a a unified data set to use for analytics and it was definitely limiting for sure and just the time that it would take to do so many times we would just not go that route not to say that for actuarial actuarial what do I, how do I say, like actual processes that you that we will do in the actual department, we definitely had all the all the data that we needed for those processes. But as far as just getting a quick glimpse or maybe a Power BI dashboard or those such things with descriptive statistics, we weren't going to spend four months mapping in all the data. Like it's just not going to happen. So that that makes sense. Okay, so the next section is strategies in AI adoption, incumbents versus new entrants. And so mentioning a little bit uh, where incumbents, they, they finally, they've really focused on augmenting their, their vast data for improved risk management and operational efficiency. And then for, for new entrants, they prioritize AI for, you know, this customer service, you know, customer first product, you know, where customer service is first. And 
they offer additional services and often they target underserved markets in unique ways using AI. And they would, to do that, they offer these like radically different pricing models that may or may not work out. Sometimes the, the loss ratios for these companies are fairly poor. So the next section is the comparative exploration. So the two types of companies have different approaches and kind of emphasizing what I said in the, in the two other sections. New entrants, they have kind of a new twist on or new take on insurance and how they're going to offer it. And it might be direct to consumer and, and they try to automate claims processes and, and have a better claims experience. And they try to use AI to take care of, you know, these, these customer service journeys or just customer policy acquisition journeys and allow them to be a bit more lean on these kind of processes that are, I wouldn't say time consuming. I, I guess they are, they're, they are time consuming, but it's like a necessity for insurance. So it's like when you have an insurance policy slash policies, like you're going to have claims. It's like having a e-commerce site and then being like, Oh wow, we're having returns. Like you're going to have returns if you're selling stuff online. That's just, that's just a matter of fact. Um, and then for incumbents, it, it's it's more about cautiously integrating these these uh, changes. Um, it seems like you know for the most part they want to use robotic process automation or just different automations that would allow them to transfer old data to new data platforms or you know data migration or just a little bit of more of a cautious approach and less front facing to a customer and obviously startups are more innovative and have less to lose so they are front and foremost up in the customer's face with all their ai learning from the contrasts so for incumbents you know this is for case studies for incumbents we had case studies of of companies using AI to enhance fraud detection systems or improve customer relation through personalized offerings. For in new entrants, they highlighted examples of leveraging AI for innovative risk assessment and models or utilizing Internet of Things for dynamic pricing strategies. I think that in, you know, in the future, AI, and this is this whole conversation about AI, is going to be more emphasized on any tech stack and on a day-to-day -day workflow for employees. I think right now that people think, oh, if you're using AI, you might you might not be working or you're kind of cheating or something like that. But if people come around to using it and it keeps improving at the rate it does, I think it's going to be integral to everyone's day-to-day -day lives and especially for companies that want to stay ahead and don't want their stock price to plummet. Today we went over 
I really got to work on the closer. That was that was bad, but we're just going to keep it rolling. You know, we're, we're all learning together. So today we went over, today we went over Gemini 1.5, Gemini Advanced, OpenAI Sora, and Disrupting Insurance. And I will, before I go, I want to shout out the paper. Uh, so we will do that right now. Papers. So it's artificial intelligence and business in business innovation and insurance, a comparison of incumbent firms versus new entrants. That's probably why I didn't remember it, because it's like <laughs> one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, you know, like 10 plus words, you know, <laughs> come on. My, my memory is that of a fly. And it was published by Hawaii University. And it was talked about in Hawaii's International Conference of System Sciences in 2003. That was it for today, folks. I really appreciate you listening in today's podcast. I hope you found it interesting. I'm still learning what you guys like, and I need to find a way to capture your attention and offer value to you, as well as for myself have a way where I can do that sustainably. So we're still figuring out our relationship together and uh, I hope to see you next week. See ya. Bye.